Hello, this is Lisa Russick and Misty Lore with the podcast We're All Psychic. And today we have a rad guest, as they all are. Her name is Corby. Corby, would you like to say hello? Hey, folks. Good to be here. Corby, I have a question for you. Do you think we're all psychic? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We are all wired like the same house plan. It's your circuit breaker. People that are psychic, like me, you know, it's my full-time job. Circuit breakers off and the power flows. People who think this is the devil's work, oh, they're unlocked and rusted shut. People yes. who think there's nothing to this, but they always know when the mother-in-law's coming over, they have a short yes. system. They yes. think they're not getting anything, but they are. Yeah, they <laughs> are. Tell them, girl. Tell them. <laughs> she knows what she's talking about. So <laughs> how did you get to that conclusion? Have you been like working with energy all your life or? Um... Oh, geez. That's the 30 second elevator speech. Okay. All right. When I was... Pitch me. When I was nine, when I was nine, I read a book called The Witch Family by Eleanor Estes. And instead of thinking, ooh, that's scary or ha, 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 I thought, and your point is, I knew there was magic in the world. I wanted to go find it. Fast forward to 1973 when I was a senior in high school. And yes, darlings, that does tell you how old I am. How old? What, what, Um, 93? 73. I'm 67. 73 in high school? You are, you look young. Wow. This is not a video podcast. He looks looks amazing. Two (laughs) magic words, darlings. No children. Takes 10 years off your looks right now. Yeah, I I, I, I got stepsons. Yeah, yeah, I'm 47, so I stayed young looking. There you go. So I was working part-time at Spencer Gifts. That was the year Live and Let Die came out. And they had the James Bond 007 tarot deck. And I bought it. Because we were all hippies then. Yeah. You had your elephant bells and your fringe jacket and your deck. Five years later, everybody else was off to roller skates and disco balls. I was still reading the cards because they fascinated me. So for 20 years, read for friends, making sure that my ego was out of the way and I was a clear channel. All of a sudden in the early 90s, I could do hands-on healing and talk to dead people with no training. That's when the universe handed me my draft notice and said, hello, you're working for us. (laughs) So I did it part-time. Well, yeah, very checkered career other than that until 9-11 and I watched the towers burn and I turned to my husband and I said, I will need to do this work full time. People need to know there are other answers out there. He said, I believe in you, go do it. So since then it's six days a week, 14 hours a day. I read about a thousand people a year and I get to get up every morning. I don't have to get up every morning. That's key. Love that. Love that too. That's when you know you're doing what you're supposed to be doing in your life's work. Yes, absolutely. So when they when they slammed it down on you like that, like, did mm-hmm. you just say yes? Did you just accept it? Or did you kind of fight it a little bit? Or were you just like, okay, I, I didn't, I didn't fight it. But it was why me? Because yeah. I knew that this was a huge responsibility. A real intuitive notice, I'm not saying psychic, but I'm saying a real intuitive understands it's we're not fortune tellers we're not in this to get famous and make money no when the universe hands you your draft knows you are here in service yep why do you think we're here (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly and you know it's funny um i lost a reality show gig they were about to hire me and they said and we'll tell everyone that nobody can do what you do i said whoa 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 wait 
that is directly contradictory to everything I've ever said. You can yeah. do what I do. I'm not special. And they said, oh, we're not interested then. Then we all know you, Tyler or whatever, you know, who knows? Oh. But I was not willing to take what for me felt like the old 30 pieces of silver in order to lie to make money. Right. Yeah. That's when the universe yeah, right. pulls yeah. your gift and says, yeah. nope, nope. No, I would no. go against that too because it well, obviously yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. doesn't mean I can't charge for my work. Hey, no, that's uh, different. But you believe in what very you're doing. Different. Yeah, yes. it is. And, and for them to make you like a like a, some kind of person who's different from everybody else, and they spotlight you, I guess that that for me that would make me uncomfortable. Like, no, because it's you know. I'd be telling this person, you're psychic, you're psychic, you're psychic, you're psychic. I, know, <laughs> of, you know, I would just go um, against it. I'd tell them, okay, yeah. let's do it. And then get on TV and be like, you're psychic. You're... I'm just kidding. <laughs> they, they, they basically Everybody. wanted me to play like I walked on water and just got my ankles wet. No, oh we are not going in that direction. Oh, no, no. That is a good move. I'm proud of you on that one. So, um, listeners, she, she works as a psychic and a medium, I guess, right? You also work as a medium. Mm-hmm. So what's your favorite part of the work? Well, I do a lot of things. I am a certified tarot master. I am a past life specialist, psychic medium and channel. When people come to me, it's always one of four things. They want the everyday tour bus, house, car, job, kids, finances. Okay, God, you put me here. Now what? Or past lives. Who was I in 1642 Belgium? Or I want to speak to my spirit guide, Binky, or how's dead Aunt Mabel? That's what it is. Right. Um, I can do all of that. But when spirit hands you your draft notice, it goes rifling inside your file cabinet to see what you're good at. What's my background? Theater major at Brown University, professional actress in New York for several years. So I understand character and story. Words are my drug of choice. I'm a writer, so I can tell the story. And I have adored history since I was a wee thing in single digits. You put all of that together and what are my gifts telling the stories for tarot and oracle cards and past life retrieval. Now, this is important. I didn't say past life regression because I'm not a hypnotherapist. You're not the one that goes wandering in the Akashic to see what you can find. You come to me with a question and I'm the one that goes to the Akashic and pulls it down and says, here, read chapter two. Okay. Because I can... I have such a background of history, I can pinpoint what I'm seeing better than someone without a historical background. That's yeah, we have an uh we have a we had another guest named Melanie who's been on the show a few times doing past mm-hmm. life. Uh yeah. and she's a witch and she does past life re- uh, not regression, yeah. but readings. And yeah. uh that's that's she's a history buff too. She she knows yeah. like she'll just pop out with like places in Germany, little tiny yeah, towns, really good. 17 yes. or something, yes. you know, and, and yeah. wilderness and, you know, she, like she knows. There's a river there. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Um, you know, and people often say, well, why do I want to know about past lives? And uh, I'll give you two quick examples. Woman comes to me and says, my son is 29. He won't make any decisions without me. He won't live more than a mile away. What the hell is going on? So went upstairs, pulled the book and I said, okay, I'm seeing 1944. This is Utah Beach, so it's D-Day. He's a soldier on the beach. He's got shrapnel in his leg. It's pretty badly mangled. You're his commanding officer, and you're pulling him over the dunes. You take some shrapnel, too, but you both get out of there and you live. And I opened my eyes, and she said, can you see my rank? 
I said, yeah, you were a sergeant. She goes, he's called me Sarge since he was three years old and we never knew why. Oh my gosh. Number two, a woman, you know, out in the Midwest, nobody in the family did anything with the civil war, no real connection, but she'd always been fascinated by it. Okay. So I go upstairs and I say, I'm seeing a small whitewashed room with a low ceiling. I have two very tall gentlemen standing by a rickety iron bed and their heads are bent over because they're too tall for the room. You're kneeling by the bed. You're in a dark gray uh, dress with black soutache around the peplum. I'm thinking it looks 1862 or 63. In the bed, there is a very wizened old black woman. She's dying. And all of you are very upset and grieving because you had pulled her from a Mississippi plantation and she was almost to the end of the line for the Underground Railroad, but she wasn't gonna make it because she was gonna die. And I opened my eyes and this woman is crying. And she said, I have had that exact dream for 20 years and never knew why. Wow. That's why you do past lives. Not because you think you were Anne Boleyn because you can't wear turtlenecks. (laughs) I've always believed that too, you know, because you can't really find out who you are until you know where you've been. It's kind of my theory. Yes. Really cool. And if you've got an obsession or a phobia or a place that you either love or hate that makes no sense, things like that, when you understand what the pull is, then it's a useful past life. I agree. But if a past life is not going to help you, then don't bother with it. It's why when someone says, just tell me a past life, I go, no. Because <laughs> I can be absolutely correct and it will do you no good at all. <laughs> I have a question. Right. Um, when you say upstairs to the Akashic Records, like how how yep. do you go, how do you access? We've had a few people talk about how they access the Akashic Records. How do you? Do I just that? I just move my ego out of the way, tell it to go read a magazine, and open my brain pan, and okay. it comes down. <laughs> yeah. What does it do? Like one person we talked to talked about going into the library and you know and meeting guards and stuff like that. I guess it's different for now, everybody. And so. for me, it's just I ask for the vision and it rolls like a movie. That's cool. And you consider that accessing the Akashic records. Where else am I getting this information? I don't know. I've never, I don't know. Cause like my friend Akasha told me that card reading is the same thing as getting information from the Akashic records. And I never thought of that before. I Um, I wouldn't say that, you know, Um, uh, yeah. Are we getting upstairs messages? Absolutely. Um, When you're good at working with the cards, they're doorways. Yes. And you don't, uh, one of the things that I do is I, I give my people allegories. For instance, a card that everybody is terrified about in tarot is the tower card. The yeah. tower card is doom, gloom, destruction, people dying. I say, don't think of it that way. Think of it like the imploding sports stadium card. Okay, Atlanta Braves want to build a new stadium. They got to bust up the old one and clear the ground first. Yeah. When you get that card, it's stuff has to change. Don't be afraid of it, but run toward the change, not away from it. Then you are in more control. Yes, more in control. I love more that. Power over your life. That's my definitely. favorite definition of that card, buddy. Yeah, it's bad. Yep. Yes. Awesome. Yep. But the cards will sometimes give you a different message. There's one particular card, Three of Pentacles. Normally it has a stained glass window and it's a church and et cetera, et cetera. It's supposed to be mastery, long-term event, something. I was reading a couple up in Canada. And I looked at the card and what came out of my mouth was there is an abandoned or deconsecrated church 
within a couple of miles from here and you need to open up a cafe bakery. And part of me is thinking, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> and they look at each other and they look at me and they nod and they say, oh yeah, we know. We've been arguing about it for two years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that weird that. how the stuff just comes to you and you, and when it comes out your mouth, yes. you're like, uh, that's uh, why you yeah. can't have an ego when it comes to reading. Yeah. Because that will screw you up every time. Yeah. It's so hard yeah. to do that. What do you suggest? Yeah, um, what's good advice for putting that? the ego aside? The only experience I, I have, like the only experience I have with that is Reiki. You know, you step back and let the Reiki flow. My ego is huge sometimes, and I just can't step back and let the Reiki flow. But um, when I do readings, I don't really remember them ever. Well, so I think that's I agree. I do, but I don't know how, like, Most, I, don't, I think it's just like on the spot. It's if I'm in, yeah. Yeah, I'm in the right place to be doing readings, first of all, then maybe yeah. the ego will go. But how do you suggest like to other people who are struggling with that? John Holland, very well-known psychic medium, took a class with him years ago up in Maine. And he looked at us and he said, kids, it ain't you. You are just the tube it comes through. You are the mechanism for spirit. That's all. You know, a hammer does not go strutting around on the back deck going, look at this. I put the nail in that deck. Somebody took the hammer and whacked its head against the nail. Yeah, We're the same way. And with mediumship, when your ego's in the way, if you get a message that you're not sure about, you won't give the message. Um, I don't do mediumship publicly because I don't censor. And the way I do it is a little weird. I don't fish. It's too easy to fool you. I get dog tags. For instance, my father, Jerome Richard Dorkin, who died in 2001 at the age of 80. Notice you're not telling me a thing, but you're giving me the dog tags of the person you want. Well, there was a, this was in upstate New York several years ago. There was a biracial, same gender couple. The black partner had died and her white widow wanted to speak to her. Now, remember, I'm the nice kid from Cherry Hill, New Jersey. I have manners. Well, you want the PG version or the R version for your parents? R. Yes, the R. R version. Okay. <laughs> because this is why you can't NC-17. <laughs> okay. So this uh, dead person comes right down and what comes flowing out of my mouth in flawless urban abonics was, well, shit, if it ain't my white bitch. And I'm going, <laughs> <laughs> The woman in front of me laughed and nodded because that is how her partner, Isabel, walked into the house after every business trip. And if my ego was involved, I would have fudged that message or not given it to her at all, which meant my ego trumped her need. And that's not an intuitive you want to go to. Right, right, right. Definitely a good point. So uh, how do you put your ego aside? Like, like uh, what's a technique you might use? Or Because it's probably, it sounds like it's really natural to you. Not, it comes naturally to just push it away or not. Well, I mean, I have an ego, trust me. Otherwise, <laughs> I wouldn't love shooting my mouth off at, you know, so many podcasts. <laughs> I wouldn't have been an actress. But when I was given the chance to do this work without being taught, there was a deep sense and an angelic presence that said, you're drafted, we need you. Not because your aura don't stink, but because (laughs) you have had enough grief and problems in your life that you will be a good vessel for the compassion. Amen, yes. So 
Yes. And I believe that's true. Yeah. The more you go through, the more experience you have, you know, the easier it is to understand people and their situations. It's just point blank. But if you're going to do this professionally, you have to respect what you do. A couple of examples. There was a guy who stood in front of my booth at a psychic fair and said, okay, tell me something you couldn't know about me. And uh, if you're right, I'll have a reading. And I looked at him and I said, I'm sorry. I don't roll over and fetch either. And I turned my back and he did not get a reading. (laughs) And, you know, God bless my front people because I'm an A-lister. I'm working open to close, but I give myself 15 minutes every two hours to kind of scramble scramble the brain. Now I was quickly trying to get a sandwich down and a guy leans over the table and pushes my sandwich and says, you don't need to eat right now. My wife wants a reading. My Stephanie, my we psychics are people who will see wow. psychics as no better than a burger, a car wash, or a latte. Well, they don't. You need to have better a- than that. It sounds like. I mean, yeah. it sounds like they just whoever does something like that just treats everybody like crap. I mean, I don't know if they treat everybody, but psychics. It's hard for us to get respect. True, I can see that. Yeah, that's true. You're right. You're right. Because especially for strangers who don't mm-hmm. who know anything right. about they don't know, which is why. Since I'm no longer on the road, I wrote, you've got the magic who needs a genie. This is everything. <laughs> Look, I spent 18 years on the road, 45 weekends a year, 50,000 miles. My nickname was the Travel Channel. <laughs> done now. So that's the. Bless you. That's the information that they need. Thank you. Notice I know how to mute the mic. Um, <laughs> but in here, there are no other books out there that talk about how to do psychic work, doing the circuit, etc. And so I put in everything I could. Yeah. But I also stick in things like that are called Corby Gets Candid. A decade ago, I received an anonymous death threat on my show table one morning from someone who did not take kindly to my reading the day before. Because we had their handwriting on my sign-in sheet and the note, we were able to match the two up with the promoter, as was proper, took things from there with the local police. That's why I tell you, have a sign-up sheet. You need that handwriting. Yeah, I never thought of that. Jeez. Those are the things that only when you've experienced them will you think about them. Well, what was Which the, is what's why that I thought death that threat? Why would they, what, yeah. what was the death threat? Was it? I don't even remember. This is years and years and years ago, but he was not happy. Obviously I told him that either he wasn't going to get a job or his girl wasn't going to come back or whatever. And you know, there's a reason. (laughs) But psychics, you know, we're, we're just trash to to some people. So, Yeah. yeah. But you know what, to other people, there's no replacement. You're right. You're right. You can't get any, any advice from a psychologist or psychiatrist or a doctor, you know, anybody with a doctorate degree, what a psychic can do or an an intuitive can do. No other Mm -hmm. can give that advice like that. Oh, I know my, my long, I won't say oldest, but my longest time client, when I started reading her, her little girl was four. Her little girl is just finishing up her sophomore year at Penn State, and I still read for him. Oh. That should be. Yeah. yeah, that's so cool. You're there for the long haul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have been. Sounds like from the beginning. 
So uh, you you had said you were you've had a lot of hardships, a lot of experiences mm-hmm. in life. Um, yep. Do you think that helped you open up your psychic senses and be more make it more accessible for you to see the mysteries, but like understand them better as best you can because you've been through so much? Well, um, I taught myself how to live the examined life, which is a lot of it. The examined life is okay. This is happening, and I don't like it but I can't avoid it. What can I learn from it? For me particularly, how can I teach with it? And then next, I don't stay stuck on the story. I've been through three bouts of breast cancer, two divorces, the death of my parents, poverty, rape, abuse, you name it. But here I am at 67, 18 years clean from the cancer, 20 years married. Congratulations. And with, with work I adore. All of that gave me the resilience and the understanding of what life is like. Yes. And look, I am not a size two blonde with a trust fund who never had a problem. Right. This is why my clients trust me and believe in me because they can't bring me anything that I wouldn't have complete sympathy and empathy for. Yeah. And they're done with. And they can I feel it. That. Because they're some- I can feel it now. <laughs> you? I mean, I can feel it, you know. I could open up to her about anything at this point. You know, I just feel it. Right. You know, right. (laughs) But I will make you laugh and making you laugh does not mean I don't take it seriously. Right. I have done stand up comedy about you think a psychic fortune's easy. That was good. But (laughs) when, when people laugh, their shielding comes down and the information goes in just that much faster. Yes. It makes it, it more enjoyable too. And they feel they feel at ease if they if it's not the yes. serious, you know, the death card as every card, you know, and, and yeah. yeah, and you yeah. Know, and, and there are some intuitives who really act like their aura don't stink. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> they all have one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So how many, do you have, I'm curious, I have a question, um, you know, yeah, like yeah. part of the reason uh, I started the podcast was to meet people and talk to people because it's like here in Alabama, Misty is, and my friend Akasha, and maybe a couple other people, I can't really talk to them about this stuff, but I can talk mm-hmm. to them, but I didn't meet them until I knew Akasha, but I met Misty by doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, um, and then I met so many other people through the podcast. Like, do you find that you get along with a lot of other intuitives or do you find that you know they're just like people that's like a question of a couple of levels number one i adore rookies i will help them because look in 30 years i will probably be dead we will need more intuitives and i will help raise you right (laughs) um my patreon originally was like a lot of them had you know pay more extra readings, blah, blah, blah. And I just said, no, this is, this is not me. So a couple of weeks ago, I totally trashed it and rebuilt it so that it's just a teaching site. Yeah. That's what I want to do. I just want to teach. And, and since, you know, Ravens and my my nickname is Mob Feathers, that's the nest. And people come and I teach them everything I know. If they want to do something I don't do, I'll either bring in somebody like my fabulous friend, Pat Dumas, the best astrologer. She came in to talk to him about astrology or I'll see if I can learn to do it myself. Um, it's just, it's just what I'm, I'm meant to do. 
I guess. Does that make sense? It does, you know, and I kind of fought with it. I don't know if I fought with it for myself, but um, I have a lot of, I think that you're like this too. You have a lot of different things you can do, not just like mm-hmm. work. a lot of, you're a writer um, and you're an actress and comedian <laughs> and many other things, I imagine. Um, and then a lot of people in this field uh, who, who work with their energy like to craft, you know, like mm-hmm. writing. I, I write too. Oh, Gandalf wants to say hi. Hello, baby. <laughs> like he, he, he loves the podcast. Um, so keep, keep talking. I will listen while I get my twenty-seven pounder. So continue. Oh yeah, please. I've got a, I've got a, I've got an eighteen pounder on the floor. He's too lazy to get up. <laughs> my fat cat Einstein. Um, so, so people craft, yes. Yeah. So uh, what I was getting at was like I feel like doing creative things also opens your intuition a lot everybody's mm-hmm. you know if they can tap into yes. the creative side like my mom says she has no creative creativity she does and she she's i i consider her like no, she no, can no. always tell she can always tell if i'm lying you know i can keep saying yep. well, not as long as i want but she knows and it's just that's where it goes you know <laughs> me saying it's no called, you're wrong and <laughs> her bullshit tolerance meter is set at featherweight funny yeah <laughs> oh, come here, fat cat. Come here, fat cat. Let's see your fat Oh, he's not cat. fat. He's big. He is a purebred oh, Maine Coon. Ooh, I thought he was a fatty. Okay. No, oh, he's a Maine Coon. Oh, my gosh. We wow. should have done a video. Oh, oh my, my God. Oh. Wow. This, is this, this cat is absolutely gorgeous. Listeners. Gorgeous. Long white hair, little like blonde uh, on top. Oh my goodness. Yes. Wow. Oh my he's, gosh. He's a red shaded silver, otherwise known as pink. And he was a Britain kitten that became a Mew Yorker. He was a gift <laughs> for me from a friend. And his real name is Leviathan. But so when great. he was about 10 years old or 10 weeks old, I said, he's so much smaller than everybody else. How come I'm getting the shrimpy guy? My <laughs> friend said, oh no, over here we call them prawns. And so he became the prawn and it stuck. <laughs> <laughs> now he is the high commander of the house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, he's gorgeous. Oh my gosh. And he knows it. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you ever work with animals with your psychic energy too? I can, it's not my specialty. Um, the current animal communicator that I'm working with, who is amazing, her name is Catherine Nock, and she's over in the UK. Whenever we Zoom, um, you can't see it right now, but there is a shelf behind me that's known as the Mupervisor shelf. It's all padded up for the kids. And as soon as they hear Catherine's voice, all three of my cats will go jumping. And so you can see them behind me. And it's like <laughs> rowdy four-year-olds that want to talk to Auntie Kay. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so cute. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I totally frankly, if you are a true professional intuitive, if you are not the person they go to, you send them to the best you know. Yes. Can definitely. I can I do health? I can, but the best medical intuitive in the US that I know is my friend Stacy Wells. She can literally look into the DNA of your body. She has seen brain tumors people miss. She saw my cancer when the doctors missed it. You go to her. Oh, yeah. So you would recommend someone to her if, yeah, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, look, you don't take money for what you can't do. You right. just don't. Right. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, you know, you sound like you have a lot of like uh, ethical 
concerns around this kind of work in this conversation. You know, I've noticed that, you know, um, I agree with you on like what you've been saying, you know, like there's a lot of readers who just don't like they don't they don't put their ego aside or they want to do it for the attention or they want to do it for money or they, you know, something like that. Um, Those are the ones that I refer to as Madam Hoo-Ha or Swami Swalanda. <laughs> Swami Swalanda. <laughs> so like, you, you seem, it seems like you have like maybe some uh, like kind of pissed off about those kinds of readers. And I, you know, I do feel that way too. People who just take advantage, especially like the, around in Alabama, we have a lot of curse removers. If you know what I mean, mm. you know, $5,000, mm. I'll remove this curse. Oh, it's not removed. That yet. is why. That is why I wrote my second book, The Psychic Yellow Brick Road, How to Find the Real Wizards and Avoid the Flying Monkeys. Oh, there I are 60 <laughs> million books teaching you how to be a psychic. None that teach you how to be safe, how to choose a smart one, except that one. And I did it because of a show I did in Toronto, 250 people uh, it, for the booths. And so you, you, no matter how good the promoter is, they can't vet everybody. So across from me was your typical fake gypsy. And one of the attendees was walking down, looking at the aisles. And the fake gypsy comes out, grabs this woman's hand. And this is called hooking. And it's as bad as the other kind of hooking. And she goes, oh, you don't need to pay 30, 40, $50. I really drop palm for 10. Come. Drags the woman into the booth. 20 minutes later, we see this woman leaving, crying hysterical. We all rush over what happened. Well, the gypsy said, oh, you have a family curse. Mm -hmm. I'm in your family for your dog, $50 every family member, 25 for dog. He's small, we fix. And told the woman if she didn't burn 400 specially blessed candles at the Roman Catholic Church, I bless real good, only $1 candle. Her entire family was going to die in a car accident in two weeks, and she bought it. Oh, oh no. That's why I wrote that book. Oh, I would want to strangle that She woman. paid her to do this. Mm. Oh. And we had no power to get the money back yeah yeah one thing i'm you know i'm a yankee this was in canada uh the american does not go over and say well i know that this is a trust me it's the wrong thing to do <laughs> um but i do my best to teach people how to stay safe what is appropriate what is not what questions to ask when to get up and leave and what I love is a lot of psychics read that book and laugh and say, geez, I wish I had this book when I was starting to read. Yeah. Yeah. I need that book. Yeah. yeah. So. Listeners, buy. listeners, that book. Both of them. <laughs> I want to read both of them. Yeah, I do too. And I don't think that there's, a, I can't think of a book that has ever been written like that before. You know, That's right. I don't know of one either. There's like a chapter in a book or, you know, like the ending chapter of some books. Right, I have a, a I have this old book from I think it's from the 40s and it's or 30s and it's called how to, it's called fortune telling for fun and profit oh that's a very <laughs> 1930s title and it's 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 you know like that old paper and, and uh it's really interesting it covers everything you could think of in really mm -hmm. good detail but you know the last yep. bit of it does talk about you know looking for the ethical ones looking for the ones who don't steal your money and scam you um yes. why do you think people get away with that because there is no better business bureau for psychics. Yeah. Yeah. That's why. And it's one of the reasons that I am a member of the American Tarot Association and the Tarot Guild. 
I went through the testing to become a certified professional tarot reader and a certified tarot master because it says that I treat my work seriously. Mm-hmm. How do you know I do. you could do that? Where do you, how do you become certified like that? Well, um, the certif- uh, certified professional tarot reader was through the Tarot Certification Board of America, which is no longer around. Oh. But there is a place called the Tarot Guild. Okay. And they do have ways to become certified. And, you know, the top of the line is certified tarot master, basically because you've been doing it since Moses was in diapers. Um, <laughs> but it's a great place to, place to learn. They do classes. They have videos. Hmm. If you are going to do this work, remember that a lot of people are afraid of you. Yes. So, it is up to you to show them that they do not need to be. I agree. Yes. yes. That's probably the most important thing. Yeah. So they can trust mm-hmm. you. And they can get yes. comfortable and actually learn, learn and make yeah. their lives better. It, yeah. That's exactly right. Then they can accept you're going healing. nowhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Love it. Love so, it. Misty, I know you have questions. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> the one that's really been bugging me, I want to know, I want to know, I want to know, um, is... You were talking about the Akashic Records mm-hmm. and how you go in. How can I do that on my own with no experience? Just how, how, how can I do that? Well, if you go to my YouTube channel, which is under Corby Midlide, you will see that I have done a guided meditation for you so that you can meet your higher self, your soul, your oversoul. And together with your higher self, you will go into the Akashic and you will pick up information that is necessary for you at that time. It's like a 20, 25 minute um, guided visualization. You are safe and it teaches you not to be afraid, but to respect. Oh, yeah. I like that. And where can we find that? YouTube. Corby no, oh yeah, I'll put I'll put all your information in the description of the podcast. So listen, yeah, I definitely need find that. all this stuff, her books, yeah. her YouTube, and everything. Once I want it all in the description. I yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was thinking that, um, like, when you wrote, you had uh, you're I think you're one of the few people who actually wrote an answer to when you emailed me and answer like in answering the we're all psychic question and I thought that was a real psychic question I thought that was really cool most people they just like I want to be on the show you know and you really went into depth with that um have you always felt that way that everybody's got this going on for them uh yeah and I think it was because you know when we were all hippies we all we knew that somewhere inside everybody could do this yeah, you know, age of Aquarius, all of that hoorah. Yeah, um, and it wasn't commercial at that point. It was still a mystery. Yeah, but the more I worked it, the more I realized the universal themes: wanting to know, wanting to reach beyond where we are, wanting to know there's something out there. You know, I tell people, I don't care if you are Christian, Jewish. Buddhist, Muslim, pagan, Hindu, or believe in Ralph the Wonder Dog. I really don't. But to work with <laughs> me, you got to know something up there loves you, wants the best for you, and is willing to work with you. Mm-hmm. I agree. I can't be an atheist with everything that I've experienced. I just can't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Right. I agree. You've got to have somebody to look up to. So, yeah. you know, a lot of, a lot of clients I've had, they, they have lost faith in themselves mainly, mm-hmm. but they, they lose faith in anything else too. Uh, and it seems like they, a lot of people that have that circumstance, um, they I'll were tell never. You why they've, they've lost faith in themselves. Mm-hmm. They have. It is because yeah. we are taught to be victims. Yes. I uh, look, at, look at the self-help books. Okay. Yeah. Which brings up the very first book I ever wrote called Clean Out Your Life Closet. Um, it's about clarity, adaptability, simplicity, and making friends with stress. But I don't say do everything I tell you when it all gets better because I haven't lived your life, experienced your challenges. And I remember the very first self-help book I ever bought, 1968, when I was 13. And I remember the first paragraph. Judy has a groovy wardrobe. Her hair is fab and her makeup is far out. But nobody likes Judy because Judy's fat. In one paragraph, a 13-year-old was told, you are completely and utterly worthless unless you fit the mold. And that is what, I remember it to this day. But that is what a lot of self-help books do. You have to do it my way. I mean, there was one book where they said you have to avoid food with leptin and you have to get up early in the morning to do yoga. I'm sorry. If you're talking to a Minneapolis single mother with two preschool kids and a job, she is not going to do that. She didn't have time. So so the the way Clean Out Your Life Closet works is each chapter, here are some of the dumb things I did. Here's maybe a client story and here's some thoughts. But at the end of each chapter, you have what I call the invention pages where you have to answer from your own experience, like the chapter, how perfect a story is good. Where do you beat yourself up most often and why? Reimagine one of those times with the idea that good can triumph over perfect. What does it look like now? How would your life change if you stopped thinking perfection was the only correct response to a project or situation? You're not going to get that from page 82. You look at your own life. By the end of that book, that becomes your personal manual if you've done all of that. And that is as much metaphysics and spirituality as the wiki woo. Because until you know yourself well, trust yourself, love yourself, you will not be able to do the job for your clients that you can do. That's true. Right. That's true. Right. You got to love yourself first. Yeah, I agree. Because mm-hmm. you can't, the ego's in the way, like we said earlier. And you can't give any love if you if you don't have any for yourself. You can't give it to anyone. No, um, that's right. That and, and help them find their own self love, and point out their good qualities. <laughs> you know, if you right. can't give in yourself, mm-hmm. how can you point out to them? You, you look, you got this going for you. You've got this coming for and you. When you are comfortable and you love yourself, you are not in competition with your clients. Thank yes. You. And Thank especially you. with women, women are yes. younger women are a lot of competition with each yes. other race that way in our culture. Yes. It's called bitchcraft. Men. It I is. mean, it's compete against each other for men's attention. And I've always felt that way until like, hopefully it's kind of changing maybe mm-hmm. some, but when I was growing up, you know, and I was a teenager in the nineties and uh, my cats are having a cat fun, a play cat fight. Wow. <laughs> oh my we God. Call- we wow. call those bar fights. It's getting exciting in here. <laughs> they just went crazy. Did you hear that? Could you yeah. guys hear that? All right. Got it on recording. <laughs> um, I can't remember what I was saying though. That really no, you're saying that when you were younger, 
um, you know, we were talking about how, you know, women catfight over certain Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they, it's just that they had to compete for men's attention because men are the dominant or they're the better or whatever. But I'm hoping that it's kind of changing. But in high school, it really was that way. Women were always competing, you know, uh, in some way to be where a man is or get a man's approval. You know, um, and a lot of women treated each other really badly because of this. And I, I found, yeah. well, I found like when I hit about 35, maybe women weren't so much like that because a lot of them had children and they mm -hmm. realized, you know, oh, you know, my kid's going through this crap right now. And I, I, you know, I, 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 I don't think this is the right way anymore. You know, um, mm -hmm. they find women I'll friends to talk to about their husbands and their kids. And then they find that women are just amazing. I love women personally. You know, I, I do right um, to communicate with, but it took a long time, like through my twenties and stuff, I, I had a hard time making girlfriends. Um, mm -hmm. and then when I got older, that that's when I started making more girlfriends and it just changed everything for me, you know, as far as confidence, because I thought, why don't these people like want to hang out with me? I, you know, like, cause you know, when you're a young woman, I don't know if you guys had this experience, but I would just think my friends were just like wonderful. You know, they're just like, they made me happy. They did, you know, they just were like, oh. and, um, if, if any of them were to, you know, if it's jealousy or if it's uh, just being pissed or just being whatever for no reason, really, I didn't understand that at that time. But now I feel like that's something I can understand better um, because I do believe that women in our culture were taught so much to compete to get the man's attention. Yeah, um, you know, somebody's been either. Yeah. And, yeah. and I don't know how That's this, I, I kind of want to tie this into uh, like, there's not that many men who work in this field as professional readers or professional intuitives mm -hmm. or anything like that. And I, I know some, I know some who do, but um, not many, like, I'm wondering why that is, you know, it is much harder for them to get soft enough to have compassion and not be first. Yeah. That's so that. true. Yeah. Cause that, yeah. that's their upbringing. They were, they were the ones yeah. everyone was competing for, I guess. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's true. Yeah, spend the money on that one. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Corby, where can listeners find you? And, uh, like, like, which do you have a website or other than your books? Oh my God. They can't avoid me, Lisa. Can't you can avoid you. <laughs> <laughs> so every, everything is under Corby Mitlide, the okay. website, Twitter, Patreon, Medium, YouTube, Pinterest, Instagram, all of it, Corby Mitlide. And again, the meditation for going up to the Akashic is on my YouTube channel. If you want to learn from me, you go to Patreon. If you want a reading from me, you go to the website, CorbyMitlide.com. But do as much as you can on your own first. You know, I downsell myself. Don't spend the money if you don't have to. There's a yeah. lot of good stuff out there. Mm -hmm. Do that yeah. first. Yes. Do you have any advice to people who maybe maybe they're like they're starting out with this, right? A mm -hmm. lot of like we ask a lot of people for advice for people starting out, but I'm feeling like someone who is very intelligent because you're very intelligent and it doesn't seem like you would relate to a lot of people because of that, but not not like not in psychic work, but mm -hmm. as far as having friends and, you know, being able to connect with someone on the same level and a lot of intelligent mm -hmm. people have a hard time you know saying 
this is real. This is happening. This is going on. Or once they get there, or it's, it's always there, one or the other, you know, it just makes sense to them. What advice would you have mm-hmm. to those people, like people who like book smart and also just street smart? And how would you say, like, start out with this and get get the preconceptions out of the way, maybe? Thinking that you understand the entire world is like an ant walking into a calculus class, expecting <laughs> to pass. <laughs> not only does it not have the concepts, it can't hold the pencil in its whittle paw. It will <laughs> Look, all I can tell you is the best description of God I ever heard was, this is back in the 60s, Mel Brooks did a comedy bit called The 2,000-Year-Old Man, and Carl Reiner um, interviewed him, and he said, 2,000-Year-Old Man, how did you discover God? And Mel Brooks goes, well, there was Phil. And Phil was bigger than us. So we would pray to Phil. Oh, Phil, please don't hit us with your big club. Oh, <laughs> Phil, please don't take our mastodon meat. And then one day, lightning came down and struck Phil and he dropped dead. And we looked at each other and we said, there's something bigger than Phil. <laughs> I love that. Beautiful. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's like, we're not the only intelligent life in the universe either. No. Get over yourselves. No. Yeah. You, open a, you don't be a cosmic muffin. You know. What's oh a cosmic god, muffin? Mercury, oh my god, Mercury is retrograde. I can't talk to oh. anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a cosmic muffin. But <laughs> look, look around. Ask questions. Questions are the best way for you to learn. They're not really so much signs of doubt as ways to crystallize what we truly know. Yeah. So get other opinions, get, get other input, other insights, other points of view. Um, yes. That's a good idea. Yeah. And, yes. and um, a lot of intelligent people feel very isolated because they possibly feel like they know more or they understand more about things like you just said. And, and there is mm-hmm. something bigger. You're right. That's a good yeah. point. I love that. That's a really yeah. good metaphor. Um, so I guess, uh, I guess uh, I, I'm out of questions. I don't know. Do you have anything else you'd like to tell the listeners about? Or The best way to go through life when you're looking for these things is to be a happy Martian detective. What's that? You and I were sitting across from each other and you had water coming out of your eyes. I would probably say, why are you crying? Gleeble the Martian would come down in his little spaceship and come toddling over to you and all excited say, why is there water coming from your eyes? Because he doesn't know from nothing. Yeah. We're all Martian detectives when it comes to figuring out the world. Mm-hmm. Don't judge it. Don't think you know. Always ask the question and whatever is the answer, be willing to entertain it. That's how I learned. I like that. That's really right. good advice. That's wonderful advice. You have a lot of wisdom as well as intelligence. So um, (laughs) no, I think you've always had it. (laughs) So uh, I do want to thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you so much. And uh, Misty, thank you. And I'd like to also, I'd also like to thank our sponsor Everclear. Everclear is an advice app where you can get advice from psychics and empaths so you can get the clarity you need to create the life you deserve. And thank you, of course, lastly, listeners, we love you. And 
we will catch you soon, I guess, because we don't have anything lined up right now, but we're going to have to start finding some more people, right, Misty? Well, we're going to hunt some more down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much, Corby. I really appreciate your time and having yes. you on. And y'all have a great night, morning, evening, day, and sunset, sunrise, wherever you are, whatever you're doing when you hear this. I hope you have a good one. Thank you and good day. Bye. Bye.